great to have all of our sister churches here. Uh, been great support and your encouragement is, uh, and we hope and pray that we can return the favor and come to your revival meeting or something that's going on. Uh, we are in the midst of revival and prayers have been answered and so good things and uh, y'all settle down. I know you're happy. I know you're excited. And but anyway, matter of fact, Brother Lewis may have y'all standing back up so y'all get a workout and get a wake up and all of that. Uh, but that's fine. He's doing a. Fa- I told him, bragged on him at supper. He's doing a fantastic job arranging music, the songs and medleys and the different song choices. And I sure have enjoyed it. He's worked really hard at trying to. Uh, time it all with Brother Micah, and uh, of course Brother Micah changed his sermon at the last minute last night. And uh, true, true, he was even fussing about it. So, and but you got to do what the Lord uh, leads you to do, and so it's been neat. And so, if you're a guest here tonight, thank you for being a part of this meeting. And your prayers have made the difference in the prayers of God's people. Uh, of course, we had real exciting news last night, and then at the same time, I didn't realize that God was working and that there was two young men saved last night Amen. at the same time, basically. And so, that's, yeah, thank you, Lord. That's something worth shouting. If you can't shout about people getting saved, and let's just uh, go to the house. And uh, so, it's fabulous. And so... I appreciate I got to hear after lunch, I got to hear Corey's story and uh, just real excited and appreciate him. And then also, of course, Robbing, we've been praying for him and lots of people have. And uh, he prayed and asked Jesus Christ to save him, his soul last night. And so he was, uh, we were all shouting glory, lots of tears and exhaustion and and so that, that's, that's what it's all about. So pray for both these young men as they seek to follow Jesus Christ, Amen. their Savior. And so encourage them. Lift them up in prayer. We're just thrilled. All right. Ready? All right. Can I go now? Yep. All right. Brother Mike encouraged us last night to share the good news. And uh, what, a, what a, a, I mean, a, a paper full of good news we have from heaven. So we're just going to sing a little bit about it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Choir, let's stand if you would. And uh, you may remain seated, but do sing. Here we go. Sing it with me. Uh, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. And I'm so happy. So very happy, I have the love of Jesus in my heart, and I'm so happy, so very happy, I have the love of Jesus in my heart. Sing it again. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I have the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, 
so very happy. I have the love of Jesus in my heart. Hear the blessed Savior calling the oppressed. Oh, ye heavy laden, come to me and rest. Come no longer tarry, I your load will bear. Bring me every burden, bring me every, everybody, come unto me. Disappointed, wandering here and there, dragging chains of doubt and loaded down with care. To unholy feelings, struggle in your breast. Bring your case to Jesus, He will give you rest. Come unto me.
right there. That's where Jesus loved us on Calvary's tree. Jesus paid it all. Listen to that as the choir sings. <laughs>
we've got that room to, to do. So uh, what a blessing. This hymn just simply says, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. So we've got a great message to share. Well, let's sing it together, okay? Here we go. Jesus saves. We have heard a joyful sound. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the streets and cross the way.
say, my Jesus, on the cross, the people cry, looking on a man would think it such tragedy. But what this world could not see Was when they nailed him to that tree It would break the chains of sin And set us free Precious blood. 
Amen. Thank you so much for that special. I want to ask you to join me this evening in the Old Testament book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 3 this evening. We'll stay there for the remainder of the evening unless the Lord changes my mind. He's done that before, hasn't he? Well, I tell you, I'm glad he did. I'm sure glad the Lord changed my heart and my message. And I'm sure glad he gave me sense enough to do what he told me to do rather than do what I wanted to do. Joshua chapter 3. We're going to read the first four verses. We're going to cover this chapter this evening, if the Lord be willing, if he gives us that time. I want to speak to you on the topic of getting over Jordan. Getting over Jordan. You know, there's a lot of times when God has revival for his people. And I think you probably figured it out by now. And I, well, just let me say this. If two people getting saved doesn't give you a revival, I really don't know what will. You know, if that doesn't fire you up about Jesus and that good news we talked about last night, uh, I... I don't have anything better to offer than people getting saved. No, the Lord has done such a wonderful, wonderful work. And uh, He is really uh, just offering His people here. Here's a revival. You know, here's some excitement. Here's some joy. And uh, and here it is. And all you got to do is take it. You know, I read through the book of Joshua. And it's a book of battles. It's a book of uh, of battles and victories. And hard times that God's people had to go through. and But God had promised His people, I'll give you a victory. Now you may have to fight a battle to get it, but I'll give you a victory. I've got a land for you, and I've got a place I want you to live, and I'll bless you if you'll go to where I tell you to go. I want you to listen to me now. God told His people, if you'll go where I tell you to go, and you'll do what I tell you to do, you'll be blessed greater than any people that have ever lived. I'll protect you, I'll provide for you, I'll take care of you, I'll be your God, I'll love you, I'll give you more than you could ever, ever imagine. As a matter of fact, I won't just give you a little, I'll give you an abundance. But, but you got to go where I tell you to go, and you got to do what I tell you to do, and you got to live like I tell you to live. And if you will, I'll be good to you. But if you don't, I don't have to be good to you. I want to tell you now, I didn't write that down to the end of my outline, so I'm jumping ahead. But I just want to preface this evening by reminding you, and this is a great misunderstanding that we have as people of God a lot of times. We feel as though God is bound to bless us. God is not bound to bless us. I want you to understand this evening, God doesn't know you and me one thing. Nothing. God is not bound to bless us unless we do what He tells us to do. Now, if we do what God tells us to do, then He's bound to bless us. Because He's told us that He would. 
He's bound to protect us. He's bound to provide for us. He's bound to meet our needs by His Word, but only if we do what He tells us to do. What we find in the book of Joshua up until this point is a group of people who've been wandering in the wilderness, not doing what God has told them to do. Maybe that's you this evening. They're they're in a relationship with the Lord, but they're not where God wants them to be. They're not living how God wants them to live. They're not the people at this point in time that God is wanting them to be because they're not not where God wants them. I wonder tonight about your life. Are you where God wants you to be? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you living like God wants you to live? I want to tell you this this evening. You say, how much are you going to tell us before you finally preach? I don't know. But I want you to understand tonight that almost having a revival is just not enough. Almost getting into the land of promise is just not enough. Almost getting where God wants you to be, not enough. Almost getting saved, that's all the way lost. Almost surrendering your, surrendering your life is living in total rebellion. Listen to me this evening. Almost when it comes to living for the Lord is not enough. And if you want a revival, you can have a revival. I can't give you one, but God can. And the more than God can, God desires to. He wants to revive you. He wants to stir this church up and ignite you for His cause. But you've got to get where He wants you to get. And what I want to ask you more specifically this evening is what's keeping you from getting there? What is it that's keeping you from getting where you need to be with the Lord? What is it that's keeping you from having a revival, from getting into that land where God has promised you a land of peace and blessing that God has for His people? Joshua chapter 3 Verse 1 says, Joshua rose early in the morning. They removed from Shittim and they came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and they lodged there before they passed over. They came to pass after three days. The officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. <laughs> Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. Listen to this. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, please, we ask you again tonight. God, I just want to ask you like this. Just do what you've been doing already. Just move. Burden. Convince us of our needs. And please meet them. God, help us to understand tonight that we pray to you as undeserving people. We don't deserve for you to hear our prayers, but you do because you love us. We don't deserve, especially, Father, for you to answer them. But obviously you have already this week. And we just pray you'd keep doing what you're doing. Keep stirring up your people. God, keep sending a great revival. Let it be done so that more might know Jesus and His goodness and glory. It's in His name we pray. Amen. You see, when it gets time to get over Jordan... The first thing we're going to see in the life of Joshua and God's people is the same thing we see in our life. There's going to be a challenge. 
that you and I are going to be faced with a challenge when it comes time to get over our Jordan. I don't know what it is in your life that's keeping you from being where God wants you to be, but whatever that is, and you know what it is, we like to play uh, silly sometimes, you know, but we really know what it is. Maybe it's some unrepented sin in your life, or maybe it's some sorry, pitiful attitude. Maybe it's anger, bitterness, pride, greed. I don't know what it is. I'm just naming random things. Maybe the Lord put them on my heart because it's speaking to you tonight. I don't know what it is that's in your life, but I want you to liken that to your Jordan. It's something that's keeping you from being where God wants you to be. There was a great giant river there. It was overflowing. We're going to read in a moment. But there was something here that was keeping God's people from being where God wanted them to be. But listen, this is where God's people are in Joshua chapter 3. God has said, it's time for you to get over Jordan. It's time for you to get over what's keeping you from being where I want you to be. There's a land of promise over there. Some might liken that to heaven. I'm not going to fuss and fight with you tonight, but I'd rather liken it, if you would just oblige me this evening, I'd rather liken that to just simply being in God's will for our life. Just being where God wants us to be. It's a land of peace. It's a land of rest. It's a land of contentment. And I want you to know tonight, if you'll get in God's will for your life, you'll figure out real quick, that's a place of peace and rest and contentment. It's a good place to know that, yes, sir, I'm where God wants me to be. And yes, sir, I'm doing what God wants me to do. What's keeping you from getting there tonight? Listen, there's some Jordan maybe in your life that's keeping you from getting there. And God has extended to you this challenge this evening. Get over your Jordan into the place of promise. Get to where you can be at peace with God, to where you can be at rest with God. I'll tell you, I'll just tell you about my own personal life and maybe it'll make it simple and maybe you can understand it a little bit better like this get to where you can be with God so you can come to church and not feel guilty the whole time you're sitting there I've been there before I get there from time to time now you know we ought to be in a place with God where we're like the psalmist when he said I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord I can remember times in my life where man I couldn't wait for my dad to stop preaching I wanted to get out of those doors so badly I wanted the singers to quit singing the preacher to quit preaching the Lord to quit moving I just wanted to get all together away from it you know why because there was some Jordan in my life that was keeping me from getting right where God wanted me to be doesn't that seem so silly but how many of us get there we get stuck there and we're over here on this east side and we're looking over at what god's got for us but there's something there that we just can't get over and so god says hey promised land it's time to have a revival but it's over there you got to get past whatever it is that's keeping you from getting to me and get where i want you to be and so he extends a challenge Notice what it is in verses 1 through 4. The first thing he tells them to do is watch God. He says, you keep your eyes on the ark. An ark is a trunk or a box. This is the ark of the covenant. Listen to me this evening. It was more than just physical to the people of God. It was more than just a box. You say, well, that's kind of silly for God to tell them just to watch a box. But it wasn't just that it was a box. It was what was inside that box. 
There, there were things inside the box that represented God's provisions and God's leadership and God's law was in there. His promises were in there. This is the presence of God where it abided on this ark and it was in the middle of the camp of God's people. And so, in other words, He was telling them, you keep your eyes on God. You see, when they looked at the Ark of the Covenant, when they looked at this trunk or this box, what they saw was they saw the dwelling place of God. They saw the presence of God. They saw the power of God. They saw His provisions there. It was all there. God rested on that Ark. And it was a picture among God's people of God's dwelling place. And so what God was really telling His people is when it comes time to get over Jordan, you need to get your eyes on God. Listen to me. If we're going to get where God wants us to be, we got to quit looking at ourselves, and we got to start looking at God. we got to get our eyes off of me and what's going on in my life and what I want to do and what I think is best for me. i got to quit calling the shots. i got to quit making my decisions. And I've got to give it all over to God. He said, listen, if you're going to get where I want you to be, if you're going to get in the land of promise, you've got to watch God, I wonder this evening, who are we focused on? But he didn't just say, watch God, did he? He said, when you see that ark and you see those priests and the Levites and you see them take up the ark of the covenant and when you see them move, you don't just watch, you follow. You see, there's a lot of folks that are watching God, but not all of them that are watching are following God. Not all, the, not all those who know what to do are actually doing it. Maybe tonight the Lord's been dealing with you this week about being saved and you haven't done it. You know what you need to do, but you haven't done it. You're watching God, but you're not following Him. Maybe the Lord's been dealing with you about some sin in your life or some attitude you've been dealing with or some root of bitterness or anger, some grudge you've been holding or something in your life, whatever it is. Maybe God's been dealing with you about that and you know what you need to do, but yet you're just not doing it. You're watching God, but you're not following. And so notice what he said. If we're ever going to get over our Jordan, if we're ever going to get where God wants us to be, we've got to watch God and we've got to follow God. It's not enough to just know what God wants us to do. We've got to get to him. But I'll tell you, this was a very uncomfortable thing for them to do. The Bible tells us that the Jordan was flooded this time of the year. It was the time that the rivers would overflow its banks. We know by very little study that the Jordan River could get up to one mile wide at this time of the year. (laughs) You've got people who are standing there looking at a one mile wide stretch of water. They know that somewhere in the middle of that thing there's a channel running through it. And they've got to get all their family across it to be where God wants them to be. You know, sometimes that's exactly how it is in getting to revival. Sometimes that's how it is in our own personal life, getting where God wants us to be. When we get there to where God wants us to make a decision, whether it's being saved, hey, listen, maybe God's dealing with some man here about the call to the ministry. He wants you to give your life to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to know tonight, sometimes God brings us to some very uncomfortable situations in life. Sometimes He brings us to places that we just don't know what He's doing or why He's doing it. But the fact of the matter is, is that if God moves, we ought to follow Him. 
If we're ever going to get where God wants us to be, if we're ever going to be the people that God wants us to be, if we're ever going to have revival, if we're ever going to be blessed like God wants to bless us, when God moves, we must follow. So whatever He's moving you to do, follow Him. Notice what they said. Follow, but keep a distance. They told Him to stay back about 3,000 feet. You see... When we talk about all these people crossing over the Jordan, you and I, we, we tend to get this idea that it was 10 or 12 of them. You know, no, it was more like 2 million people who was crossing over that Jordan. And you think about the masses of people. You know what he's telling them? What happened to that old boy when that ark got to swaying back and forth? He was just going to be a good Samaritan, wasn't he? going to run up there and catch that thing and boom, drop dead right there. You don't just run up to God like that. You know what he was telling them here? He was saying, hey, have some respect. You know what we call that? You know what the Bible calls that? Fearing the Lord. Solomon, the wisest man other than Jesus to ever walk on the earth, said it's a good thing to have. It's the beginning of knowledge. To fear the Lord. You know why I believe most of God's people don't have revival anymore? Why we need it, but we don't have it? Because we don't fear the Lord anymore. We want to do it our way. We want to live life our way. I mean, we want to live like the devil all week long and come to church and be a saint. You know, we can't do that, y'all. That's just not how God works. You may operate that way, but God doesn't. You can't hold hands with God in the world at the same time. It just doesn't work. You may think it does. It doesn't. The Bible says it doesn't. Jesus said you can't do it. You'll love one and hate the other. You cannot serve it. You cannot do that. We have to watch God and follow God and honor God. These things are absolutely necessary to having a revival. They're necessary to being where God wants us to be. And so God issues them and He issues us the same challenge today. But then He gives them a command. He says, okay, we're getting ready to go over verse number 5. Well, before we get there, listen. We've not passed this way here too far in verse number 4. <laughs> verse number 4. For we have not passed this way here too far. You know how Baptists say that, Brother Michael? We've never done that before. We've never done it that way before. I don't think, right now, I don't think we've ever done that before. You know I'm telling you the truth. But you know what? I can remember when the Lord was dealing with me to preach. I thought that same thing. Man, I've never done that before. I'll never be able to do that. I still can't very well, but you know, the Lord's working like that little children's song. He's still working on me, you know. Once we figure out that He's always going to be working on us, and that all things are possible through Him, we can do anything. Even if we've never done it that way before. He said, hey, we're fixing to go over there, and you need to know that we've never gone this way before. So this is what you need to do. He says in verse 5, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You know what? I saw the Lord do wonders last night. Hey, y'all listen, I saw the Lord do wonders. I saw the Lord overcome a lot of things, including a language barrier that I had no clue in the world what I was doing. But you know the Word of God's more powerful than I am. 
It's more powerful than it. Listen, y'all. The Holy Spirit of God can do wonders among promised land. He can do wonders. He really can. He can revive anybody who wants a revival. He can do it. And Joshua said, y'all get ready. I mean, get ready. Because tomorrow, the Lord's going to do wonders among you. We're going to go away we've never gone before to a place we've never been before. And God's going to do some awesome and amazing things. And so he says, sanctify yourselves. He was telling them to be clean and be holy. They were commanded to put off anything in their life that was displeasing to God. They needed to get ready to do something great. And I want you to know tonight that if you are carrying around the weight of sin with you, those things don't belong in the promised land. Those things don't belong where God wants you to be. Those things don't belong in the land of blessing. If you're going to have a revival and you're going to be where God wants you to be and live like God wants you to live, you've got to put off those things. That's what Joshua said. Let's don't go over there where God wants us to be and carry a bunch of junk along with us. Sanctify yourselves. That means set yourself apart for a holy cause. He said, listen, let's leave some stuff behind. Go home and clean yourself and wash up and get ready. And let's get over there where God wants us to be and get blessed like God wants us to get blessed. He was telling them this, y'all. Get sin out of the camp. I wonder what it is today that's acting as Jordan in our life. Notice that Joshua said for them to (laughs) sanctify themselves. He was commanding them to look at their lives and be honest about what needed to be cleansed. Joshua spake in verse 6 unto the priest. He said, take up the ark and pass over before the people. They took up the ark and they went before the people. The Lord said to Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee. The sight of all Israel that they may know that, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark, the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand in Jordan. Listen, folks. We're going to get where God wants us to be. Somebody's got to be willing to put their foot in the water. we got to be willing, whatever it is in your life, is keeping you from getting where God wants you to be. You gotta be willing to overcome that problem tonight. You gotta be willing to put your foot in the water and say, God, I want a revival. Whatever it is that's been keeping you, and listen to me tonight, God's people have been wondering for how long? Forty years. You know what's so sad? That same thing happens in the Lord's churches today. People hold grudges for forty long years. Not, not ever coming to the realization that if I don't forgive others, my Father in Heaven can't forgive me. And you know that grudge acts as a Jordan. You know, we keep this apathetic attitude. We get complacent in the Lord's service. And sometimes for 40 years we're just wandering around, playing the part, traveling with God's people, but yet never really where God wants us to be. And you know what's sadder than all that? Is that oftentimes we're right on the banks of the Jordan. I mean, we are right in grabbing distance of where God wants us. But yet, there's something there 
that we're just not willing to give up and get over. God said, get over, Jordan. You have wandered for long enough. It's time for you to sanctify yourselves. Get clean of whatever it is and get ready to see God do something great. Verse number 9, Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither, hear the words of the Lord your God. And he said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you. Isn't it good when God shows Himself to His people? Man, it's good. He shall know, hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that He will uh, without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Ammonites, Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. You know what he's saying there? Listen to me. Whatever your Jordan is, look at what God said there. Just, Just go. Man, just go. He he told him, he said, look, look at the ark. It's moving. God's moving. So what do I need to do? If God's moving in my life, what do I need to do? I need to follow it. And what's the promise that he gave them there? He said, if you'll just follow it, God without fail will fight every enemy for you. I told you sometimes God makes us fight battles, but what? He already promised us the victory. All those ites, ites, ites right there that I just named. You know what God's saying? It doesn't matter who you come up to, I'll defeat them. No matter what your Jordan is tonight, you've already got victory over it. you just got to be willing to put your feet in the water. Follow God. Watch Him. Follow Him. Now therefore, take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel. Verse 12. Out of every tribe of man, in verse 13, it shall come to pass. Soon as the soles of the feet of the priests bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan. That the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above. They shall stand upon and heap. You see, God didn't just part the Red Sea for His people. He parted the Jordan River too. Folks, listen. It don't matter what your Jordan is tonight. God will part it for you. He'll get rid of it, but you've got to be willing to put your feet in the water. You've got to be willing to follow Him. It came to pass when the people removed from their tents, verse 14, to pass over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the Ark were coming to Jordan, the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water. Notice this. For Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. And it was an overwhelming thing when they came up to that river, probably like you are tonight. <clears throat> you know, if I make a decision for the Lord tonight, there's a lot that's going to be on the line. I mean, people are going to expect all kinds of things from me. I'm going to lose friends. I might even lose family. I might even lose my job. I don't know if I start living for the Lord. People are going to think all kinds of things about me. Maybe you're sitting there tonight and the Lord's dealing with you about preaching the gospel and you're scared to death of what the Lord might have for your life. I want you to know something. It's the highest calling in all the world. The greatest thing that could ever happen to you tonight is you just simply follow God and get over Jordan. And stop staying away from where God wants you to be. Stop hanging back 
where God doesn't want you. Stop hanging back where you're comfortable and get to where God wants you to be. There was an overwhelming task when they looked at this overflowing Jordan River. They didn't know how deep it was. They didn't know how the current was moving. They didn't know where the channel was. They didn't know anything, but this is what they did know. The God said, get to the other side. Friend, listen, that's where you're at tonight. You don't know all the ins and outs and the ups and downs, and you don't understand it all, but God may be telling you tonight to get to the other side of whatever's on your heart. question is, will you put your feet in the water? Well, they did, and I want to show you what happened. The Bible says that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city. Adam, that is, beside Zaratan... And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jordan. And listen to this. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. Now listen. Anybody here ever stood on dry ground in the middle of a creek? I know I hadn't. People say, well, that water wasn't but six inches deep. Well, you part six inch deep water then. (laughs) And make the ground dry. And then drown Pharaoh's army in six inches of water while you're at it. Folks, listen. Joshua told the people, and he wasn't lying to them, God's fixing to do some things you've never seen before. But you've got to be willing to get over Jordan. You've got to be willing to follow God. And it was dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. You see, we see there in verses 9 through 17 a commitment that God made to His people. And this is the same commitment that God makes to you and me today. God says, here's my challenge to you. Get over Jordan. Watch me. Follow me. Fear me. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Go where I'm telling you to go. God says, sanctify yourselves. Get ready. Prepare. Get sin out of the camp. Deal with the things that need to be dealt with. Go and apologize. Call somebody. Ask for forgiveness. Plead from the Lord. Repent of the sins. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever your Jordan is, God says, hey, get rid of it. And then go put your feet in the water. Surrender to it. And God says, this is my commitment. If you'll trust, I'll deliver. You see, God is just as committed today as He's ever been. God is just as committed today to His people as He was to His people in the book of Joshua. And we worry and we stress about so many things. But yet every time God's people have trusted, God has delivered. And you know what I notice? I noticed that God's people had to fight a lot of battles. But I also noticed that God always gave them a victory. And maybe tonight you're fighting a battle in your life. Maybe you're fighting with some Jordan tonight that it is just completely overwhelming. 
What do you think those old boys thought when they looked at Goliath? Boy, they thought, my goodness, nine foot six inches tall. There's no way in the world wherever went over this fella. He's bigger than we are. Do you know what I find so amazing about that story? Old David went out there and he said, Well, he may be bigger than me, but he's smaller than my God. You know your Jordan tonight. I want you to hear me. That Jordan River tonight that's keeping you from getting to that revival you're wanting, it's keeping you from being where God wants you to be. I want you to hear me tonight. When God tells that Jordan River to part, it has no choice but to part. But if you're not willing to get your feet in the water, God's not going to part it. You've got to make a move. You've got to take that first step. You've got to say, okay, God, I see you moving. I feel you in my heart. I know what you want me to do. So, God, I'm not just going to sit here and struggle with it anymore. I'm going to move and do it. And my friend, God will tell that water to stop. He'll heap it up and you'll walk across on dry ground. You'll get right where God wants you to be. I want to ask you to bow your head tonight. You know what God wants. You know what God wants for you and nobody knows it like you do. God does. All I want to ask you tonight is the same thing I asked you last night. Just do what God wants you to do. Father, I ask you, whether it's salvation, baptism, church membership, repentance, calling, surrendering to the ministry, <clears throat> whatever it is, Lord, just pray it be done tonight. Maybe some things we need to deal with, God, so we can have revival, some Jordans that need to be crossed. So that we can have revival. Pray they'd be crossed tonight. Maybe for 40 years or more. They've been keeping us from getting where you want us to be. God, I pray we'd be willing just to put our feet in the water and follow you tonight. So that you can part that river. And we can get across and stop hanging out away from where you want us to be. Stop living short of your blessings. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand very quietly? If you need to come tonight, decision you need to make, would you come? I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. <laughs>